Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's our Monday morning slash Monday evening chats. It is Monday night for me. I've finished my Monday, but it's Monday morning for people in North America, and you guys are starting your morning, and we do this every Monday. Me and Kristen, we come live, and um, Kristen has her morning coffee, and I have my... Sometimes I have my tea today. I just have like a big bottle of water, um, and we are chatting about Estea. So how are you doing, Kristen? How are you this week? I'm doing great. I, um, I've been in this like new routine that I'm just feeling super pumped about I have got up at 5 30 every morning which Amazing. for anyone knows me that's like huge <laughs> and um every day doing like a morning mindful sweat class for anyone who hasn't checked it out check it out they're so fun and um it's just like it's honestly I I'm in this like high vibration that I just need to keep carrying through and these morning chats on Monday mornings are like the best way to start my week so super grateful awesome okay wait do you do sweat at 6 a.m is that why you got up at 5.30? What time do you start class at? No, I'm just a slow morning person. Sarah <laughs> and I, um, community member who does it with me, is we do it at 7 a.m. usually. Mm. So today we're going to do it tonight um, just because I have this. And um, yep. But yeah, usually we log on at 7. So I have like a morning coffee to kind of wake me up for it. And then I jump in. Oh, nice. Oh, I love that. And speaking yeah. of Sarah, Sarah has just tuned in. So hi, Sarah. It's nice to see you. And there's someone else watching live. But the weird thing about Facebook is that it doesn't tell me who's watching. So if you're watching and you want to comment and say, hey, let us know where you are in the world and what's going on. We would love that. All right. So let's jump into Estea. So I'm going to pull up. I'm using this reference on the Yamas and the Yamas. And I'm just going to read to you all about Estea, which is the third Yama. That's what we're moving on to today. And Estea means non-stealing. And non-stealing is refraining from what taking, sorry, refraining from taking what isn't yours or taking more than you need. So at a deeper level, Estea means abandoning the desire to possess or steal anything, whether it's a material, a relationship, a gift, a talent, an achievement, a success, time, or natural resources that don't belong to you through force, deceit, or exploitation through deeds, words, or even thoughts. So it's all about living with gratitude for what you already have, as well as others, instead of holding feelings of envy and jealousy and greed. So I'm wondering what does, um, oh, and Samantha is watching. Hi, Samantha. Samantha was just on the retreat and Miriam Smith is watching. Hello, Miriam. Um, so I'm just wondering what does Estea mean to you? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I, I was putting some thought into it this weekend because I think there's so many different um, kind of factors that go into Estea. And one thing that I kind of just kept coming back to when I was um, thinking about it for my own life, but also for um, when I was reading about it is often if we pull back all the different layers of different kind of ways of Estea showing up in our lives, there's generally a root cause that's underneath all of it. And typically, often anyways, that root cause 
for whether it's stealing um, or whatever it is, is a feeling of lack or scarcity. So feeling of not mm-hmm. enough, whether it's in physical possessions, ourselves, um, time, whatever it is, there's like kind of this sense of lack and scarcity. Um, and so that kind of shows up through and through. And yeah. one way to kind of get past that is when we go into shift into these the mindset of abundance and gratitude. But that's generally what I kept coming back to as being the the root um, cause. And so Estea can come up in so many different ways in our lives. And so when we hear stealing, it doesn't mean necessarily that we're physically stealing an object or a person from somebody, but it could be, um, it could be literally even stealing the piece. So I was thinking about this because Mm. I've had experiences with it of say I'm in just a darker headspace that day for whatever reason, that's the energy that I might be carrying with me into a room with people. And I'm then potentially stealing from their peace and their joy by bringing in that, that mood. That's not to say that we shouldn't share, you know, how we're feeling and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but just being mindful of how we're even showing up and also being mindful of the energy that we're absorbing from others and how it's impacting Mm -hmm. our peace, I think is a really um, kind of true practice of Asteya. That's such a, that's such an interesting insight because um, I feel like I've been thinking about that a lot because it's, it's so interesting how these lives have happened all along this one yoga teacher training group that I've had here in Bali. And so I've been reflecting a lot on what's been going on with the group. And one thing that happens, and you probably experienced this too, when you went to Costa Rica, when you're in this group setting with these people intensively, you often start off on a high and then you're there for so long that everyone hits this slump where they're like, F this, this is so hard. I'm so tired. And then it peaks up towards the end when everyone's like, oh my God, we love each other. We love, like, how is this ending? And we're at this point right now, we have four days left and everyone is like emotional. Everyone was emotional today about like how it's the end and we love each other. Blah, blah, blah. But that's not what it was last week. Like last week, we were all in this slump. And even I was, I was really annoyed and upset about some things that had happened and mostly due to like my own leadership. And I really think I showed up in the space with a really heavy energy to the point where someone even asked me like, are you okay? on like the second day. Cause I was like, so just like harsh and strict and hard on them. And I think I was more just kind of mad at myself for, for the way things had gotten, but it also was people were kind of not really respecting other people's time. And that was a biggest day of one was like, people are showing up late for the class. And then people were feeling like, Oh, you're stealing my time of this training. And so it's a lot of like, yeah, what are we bringing into the group dynamics? And also me as a leader, what am I bringing into the group dynamic to manage this so that we're able to have really healthy conversations with each other about what's happening in the group and not get to this point of like, we're all mad at each other although we all learned something from that <laughs> but uh you're totally right the way we show up in the group is is a is an art of a stay as well too yeah and and you kind of touch on both kind of pieces there like right it's yeah. the energy that we that we bring in um or absorb from others and so sometimes that results yeah. in us evaluating certain relationships in our lives or friendships in our lives and saying like does this person bring me joy peace and happiness or are they draining my only draining my energy and there's nothing to kind of bring that balance because everyone has bad days that's a given um and so sometimes it means that we're letting go of people um but the other part is exactly that it's it's our time and so are people 
being considerate of our time. So in a true, like if we're going to go into like a yoga studio type way of a stay it's showing up on time. It's, you know, being quiet when you're entering the room, not disturbing others, people's peace of what the experience they're trying to get from that yoga practice. Um, But also if we take that into like our professional lives, it's being on time for meetings. It's being showing up for what we say we're going to show up for. It's all those different pieces. Um, But I think that um, we also have to, it's how we are outwardly, but then it's also like what we're receiving inwardly. So are we also showing up for ourselves on and showing up to the things that we want to do? So are we taking ourselves to the yoga class on time or are we stealing that from ourselves mm-hmm. that experience? So I think you can kind of do it outwardly to how it impacts others, but also inwardly to how it then impacts ourselves. That's so true because when I was, like something has shifted within me. When I was younger, I used to, like when I first started yoga, I would get there. 15 minutes early for every single class. And I would just be sitting there waiting on my mat. And it was so good for me. And something has like shifted within me where I'm like less and less punctual with, and I think it's possibly me cramming so much into a day and like, you know, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's stealing from me, from myself. Yeah. That's like a great way to, to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we, we all have those, um, those moments. And what I've noticed from like this whole, what we were just talking about, like kind of this new morning routine that I have yeah. is when I look back, like I would wake up and I would get my coffee and mm-hmm. I would just play on my phone, aimlessly mm-hmm. scrolling, mindlessly scrolling for like an hour and a half. And now that I'm in this morning routine, um, with Sarah, where we're kind of doing like the mindful sweat and we're, you know, doing all this stuff. I'm like, I just, I was stealing that, Mm. you know, beautiful high vibration energy that I could have been bringing every single day from my own self. And so it wasn't from like a place of like anything harmful. It was just, it was just where my mindset was at that time. Yeah. But it made me think of, I was thinking about it on the weekend because I think um, I think it was one of your podcasts that I was listening to and you mentioned it. And then it got me kind of thinking about how that is also a form of a which is the whole notion of fear. Um, rightly or wrongly, like that's just, it's just how we are and how it's so common in our um, world today. And so we let fear hold us back so significantly that we actually steal the possibility of good experiences or new experiences from our lives, whether it's personal, professional, whatever, because maybe we stay in that job, we stay in that relationship, we stay in that situation that no longer serve us, but we're so afraid to change them that we're stealing from ourselves that potential Mm -hmm. for something so new and beautiful. And I know you love Mm -hmm. Gabby Bernstein, but in the book, like the universe has your back, she actually talks about how the presence of fear is really an absence of love. Mm. And so the practice of Asteya reminds us not to deny ourselves experiences in life because of fear. Mm. Love that. I love the the different like thoughts that you bring with you to these morning chats every morning. We have such a great conversation. And that's so true. If you think about like if you take like my journey, for example, like I wanted to be doing the work that I'm doing now for like 10 years. And I literally worked a job I didn't want to for six years. And it's fine, because I eventually got to where I needed to go and whatever. I don't regret that time. But that's totally like the fear and holding yourself back from taking those risks in life is really stealing time from yourself that you could be doing something else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's shown up many times in my life where I've stayed 
in um, like unhealthy relationships for much longer than um, were healthy for me. And so it's, again, it was the fear of like, what does the other side look like? Um, Which I think is a natural fear to have, but it's how can we kind of work through that fear to move to that next, um, to that next side, to allow the good experiences to come to us. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I have a favorite Astea story, which I tell all the time, which I'm sure that Kristen has probably heard. (laughs) Um, And it's not even my story. It's from Rolf Gates' book, but it was very memorable to me. And the story is that Rolf Gates, who's one of my favorite teachers, he wrote Meditation from the Mat. He has a situation where he was at a yoga retreat center in like Mexico or Costa Rica or like somewhere Caribbean and and remote. And he borrowed a pair of scissors from the hotel reception. And then he ended up thinking to himself, oh, these scissors would be really handy the next time I'm down here. So I'm just going to leave them in my suitcase and then I'll just have them. And when he was checking out from the hotel, they asked him where the scissors were and he had to like very humbly remove them from his luggage and give them back. And I love this story for two reasons. First of all, because it teaches us that sometimes we steal things that we think are like irrelevant. We're like, oh, no one's going to notice these scissors. You know, it's probably worth a couple dollars, but you don't realize how valuable one thing might be to another person. And that thing being missing is like significantly impacting their life. And you wouldn't even think that it matters. And the second thing I love about that story is that I love that Rolf Gates this happened to him in the middle of him writing this book on yoga philosophy and that he was like humble enough to admit it. And I think it shows that we're all in this state of continuous growth and we're all going to be like making mistakes and we don't have to be perfect about living yoga. It's just like learning and having these conversations of reflection. Like, you know, we do every Monday and everyone who tunes into it, just constantly thinking, okay, how can I do better for like the next week ahead? Yeah. I love that story too with Rolf Gates. That's such a great, so a great practice of Asaya. Like, um, and yeah, you're so right. It's like no one's perfect. We're all mm-hmm. on this learning human journey, but it's just opening our awareness to um to it. And then, you know, just like he did, humbly acknowledging where maybe we're in the state of um stealing, so to speak. Like, for example, I did so much research on Asaya this weekend. So some of these thoughts like yes I got I got the ideas maybe from some of the research I did and then you put it into practice of yourself but you know it's not like it's learning from others and bringing it into yourself and so not stealing from from that um and I think so often in Estea too is and again this is why I love like the ahimsa kind of comes into everything is we can get into states of envy and jealousy Uh, so if we actually think about the physical practice of yoga and you're in a yoga um you're on your mat or whatever another form of Estea is stealing your own practice from yourself by comparing yourselves to others so Mm. you might be watching someone going through yoga flow with her eyes closed and you're like oh my goodness like I can't do that and so then that's again, we talked about that exact kind of scenario in Ahimsa, but it's also Asteya because you're stealing your own peace in your practice by getting out of your body into your mind and into that state of comparison, which then surfaces potential feelings of envy and jealousy because you feel like you're not at that same level as maybe that other person. Whereas the level and and I think you were talking about it in yoga this weekend of it's not about the physical asanas mm-hmm. right it's about the spiritual journey and so so much we can get into just like wanting to achieve that perfect posture and that's 100 not the goal yeah of yoga yeah totally yeah. do you have any i'm wondering if you have any time in your life when like you stole something 
Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to share if you don't want to. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I was thinking about this on the weekend and so it was like, there was a time where I actually physically stole from, because I couldn't afford my, my family didn't have a lot of money when we were younger and, um, I got greedy and I was in this one store and I knew I could, there was like three shirts I wanted. I knew I could afford two of them and I stole the third. I like put it in my bag and I stole it because I was just like, I need this and I want this. And I a hundred percent got busted by security, but I managed to like, like, I was so nervous. I paid with my debit and then, um, they had taken it for some reason. I didn't even notice. And then I left and I like went to my car so quickly, hid the bag under my thing. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have my debit. So I had to go back in and like security was kind of like following me. It was the most awful scenario. And I like regret it 100%. But that was an example of, again, going back to what I said at the beginning, I was in a scarcity mindset, a lack Mm. mindset that drove me into the stealing. I've never stolen since that. That was the most terrifying scenario of my life from an actual physical object. But I think about um, back in even like my teen years, like some of the, like the small stuff of like, I like, I'll use you for an example. I like Alex's boyfriend. So I'm going to, you know, you start to like shift into like trying to steal the boyfriend or whatever. And you, it's just like even small things like that, where I'm in a state of envy on you. Yeah. And it causes me to act in a scenario where I'm trying to steal something that is not mine. Mm-hmm. Not saying I necessarily stole people's boyfriends, but like, <laughs> that, I think that that's like an example of like what, how yeah. it shows up in like high yeah. school days or anything like that. Right. Um, and I like the other thing I noticed, and again, I think this was something you had said in one of your yoga classes and it made me stop and pause is I used to borrow my, I have this one friend that I just used to admire mm-hmm. so much. Like I was like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's so smart. Like, why can't I be more like her again? Lack mindset. And so I would borrow her tops or whatever, cause she lived with me. And then I would hang them up in my closet versus hanging them back up in hers. Um, and so I don't know if it was a podcast or a yoga class that you were talking about how you went around your entire apartment, yeah. collected everything that was not yours and you gave it back. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to do the same. So I like literally went, I texted her. I'm like, I have three shirts of yours. She's like, I don't want them. It's okay. I was like, okay, well, I feel like I need to like give them to Goodwill or something. Cause I just feel like, I feel like there's a heavy energy now with me even having them. And so I said, if you don't want them, I'm going to donate them. She's like, donate them. It's fine. Someone else can enjoy them. So I, I did that, but that's awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing. I just want to mention like you sharing the story about stealing in high school, because I think there's so many people out there can, who can relate. And, you know, it, I think it takes a lot of vulnerability to like own up to something like that. And so that's, that's huge. And and it's really cool to see like your journey and your realizations and and your evolution in that. Yeah. Thank you. I don't think I've ever shared shared that story because okay. I think there's just so much <laughs> there's so much shame around it, right? Like you're totally. you're young and you're just but uh, again, it just kind of goes back to I very much up until this year probably or this last I would say until joining with you and kind of going through some of the deeper work, I lived in such a lack mind state mindset, sorry. Yeah. You know, I have one stealing story from my youth, which uh, I don't know if I'm sure you probably heard the story as well. Uh, Do you ever hear the story of when I um, I was working at this summer park program and my I had a partner. So we were in partners and we were like alone all day. And I was paired with this girl who was older than me. And she had been, she's like 10 years older than me. And she had worked for the park program previously. And so it kind of gave the impression of, of almost, she was like my senior and I was the junior, which in fact, 
at the very end of the summer, I learned that they put us together because they thought I was like a really confident, strong-willed person and would be a good influence on her. But I totally made myself small and thought it was the other way around. And they had never given me that direction or guidance. <laughs> like at the, it probably would have been helpful if they told me at the start of the summer that that was what they saw in me, you know, but I was totally reading the situation wrong. Anyway, this woman, I mean, she had a tough life. She was working three full-time jobs. Like she was working at the park, she was working at the bar, and she was working at the grocery store. So she was literally working 24-7 to try and like pay for her schooling. And so she was in kind of a different situation than me because my parents were paying for my schooling and I was working to just kind of like, you know, I think they wanted me to work in the summer and I had these jobs and it was a little bit different. But anyway, basically we the the kids. Uh, we're kind of from these underprivileged neighborhoods in Kingston. And when, when anyone who knows when you work for kids, you end up spending a lot of your own money on buying them stuff. Like I would always do that. I would buy them candy, buying them toys. And so I had invested a lot of money into them. And that was true all through my teaching career as well. And all the summer camps I worked at. Um, and so anyway, we decided to do this like fundraiser pizza party and we were fundraising money for something. Oh no, we were, we were having a car wash to fundraise money to order them pizza for like an end of the summer pizza party. That was what happened. And as we were doing this car wash or whatever it was, bake sale, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think I was there that day. I think I was, I think I would have called in sick. I can't remember what I was doing. Maybe I called in sick and I was like at my friend's car. I definitely wasn't actually sick, but I had, I wasn't there. And the pizza guy had driven up, a pizza man had driven up and said, we'll just give you guys pizza. Like to be kind type of thing, which was so nice. And then when I got back to work, Christina, uh, the person, the person said to me, um, we should just take the money that we fundraised because we both paid so much of our own money into these kids. And I was like, well, you're you're right. You know, like I've, I have paid a lot of money as the kids. So we ended up splitting the money and it was really, I think it was like $20 in like loonies and toonies. It like really wasn't that much money. And we also weren't even stealing it from the the camp, like the, the money basically was no one's at this point because people had donated it, but we had gotten a free pizza, you know, anyway, point is, um, then took another sick day. I went to a yoga festival on the day of the pizza party and my boss came to sub in for me and she saw the pizza being like given for free. Yet then my coworker claimed that we had paid for the pizza it was like, what happened? <laughs> and um I got caught in this lie. I got caught in this lie and I had I think I used money for like parking at the yoga festival, you know? Like and anyway, I got caught in this lie and I said to I said to the woman and the woman and me had some like text conversations where she wanted me to go into this meeting and continue to lie and say we didn't steal the money. And I was like at this point they know our boss was there and saw the whole thing happen. Like we can't just keep saying that we didn't steal this money. I'm just going to own it. I'm just going to go in and I gave her the warning. I was like you can go in and into the meeting and say look I, I did this. Right. And anyway, I ended up going into the meeting and say, saying that we stole the money and, uh, she went into the meeting and like lied and said that we hadn't stolen it. And in the end she got fired. And then my boss said to me when she was 19, she stole Canadian tire money from her workplace. And her boss said to her, it doesn't matter the mistakes you make in life. It's like how you own up to that. And I've always remembered that. And I've, I actually emailed this woman years later and said, you were the best boss I've ever had because you you know, you, you showed me like that I could redeem myself from this mistake through coming and telling the truth. And I think that's like the most important thing is like, none of us are going to be perfect, but the way that we can tell the truth and try to make our mistakes right is like what matters more than the mistakes we actually make, you know? So anyway, yeah. that's my theft story and uh summer camp 
summer park program stole $20 in tunis. <laughs> no, I love that advice though. Like it, it's yeah. true. It's how we, you know, what we choose to do with the decision that we made. So are we going to continue to go down that ceiling path? Or are we going to kind of own it and move that forward? So that's a beautiful story. Totally. Yeah. Okay. We're almost at the, we're at the half hour mark. Samantha commented, she said she was working on trying to be more timely. Thanks for the reminder that it's stealing, it's stealing others' time if I'm not on time. Love that. Um, I'm just going to pull up blah, 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 my journal prompts. So every week we end on some journal prompts. So some things that you can journal about with Asaya, um, what am I struggling with? What is the underlying root cause? Is there a fear? Are there areas in my life where I can practice less greed, envy, and jealousy? Where am I stealing other people's time? Um, Where often, or sorry, where am I downplaying my own talents? Are there ways that I take things that don't belong to me? So just some things to like ponder about, maybe write about and reflect on this week. Is there anything else that you want to wrap up on or anything else you want to mention or say? Um, the one thing I would say is a good way to kind of bring yourself more into an abundance mindset versus that lack or scarcity mindset is starting to practice gratitude for everything. So for, for things about yourself, for possessions that you already have and finding things that already enrich your life so much, and it can really start to shift you out of that lack and scarcity mindset and into the gratitude mindset. And in the Slack group on MLPC, there is a um, gratitude channel. So I think a great way to also kind of have that accountability is maybe post in there daily, just like three things and start to build up that practice of gratitude. I love that. Yeah. Oh, great things to end on. Love it. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in and joining us. And we'll see you all next week. Next week is Brahma Karya, which is the practice of moderation. So have a great week and I'll see you all soon. See you soon. Hi friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here. So thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.